Welcome to this topical life. Real conversation, real exploration, real life stories. A discussion about life, cause life ain't a vacation. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Murphy. Okay, and welcome to this topical life. Today, if you're not aware, this is kicking off the 1st of October and it is Infant Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Heather Beck, and we are going to, let's just call it what it is. It's heavy stuff. Yeah. It's some heavy stuff. And, um, but I'm really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking through this with you because you have an immense amount of experience with loss in a lot and gain too. Yes. And the ups and downs and the, uh, how to help people who've experienced infant loss based on your own experience, based on other people's experiences, um, Heather, I'm so glad that you're here to just open our eyes, really. Thanks. This is a subject that just doesn't get talked about enough. It doesn't. Um, and a lot of that is um, out of, um, like, people who've experienced it have a hard time bringing it up because they're afraid that other people don't want to hear about it or because it hurts too much. And, and people who haven't experienced it are afraid to talk about it because they're afraid they're going to hurt that person by bringing it up or because... They're not really sure that they want to go through the process of talking about it. So, um, so it, it, it just doesn't get brought up. It doesn't get brought up. And also, you know, you, I mean, just starting, I mean, we're going to go through your story and everything like that, but, um, it's just, it's the thing that no one really wants to talk about. Or doesn't know how to talk about. Is that what right. we were saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So let's start from the beginning. You have, let's know where, where, like your family now. Okay. So, um, my husband and I have, um, four kids here, um, on earth with us mm -hmm. and four kids in heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, our oldest is 13 and, uh, he's a, uh, seventh grader. And then we have a Connor Connor. And then our, um, daughter Ailey is 10 and a fifth grader. And then we have um, three-year-old Rowan, and um, she is such a spunky little kid. Um, and then our newest uh, nine-month-old Thayer, Thayer, who was quite a surprise. So yeah, quite a surprise. <laughs> yeah, in every yeah. sense of the word. <laughs> right, right. And all of them have their own little stories of just they're, they're just, all pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. and I mean. Oh. And this is such a, I mean, we've, we've been talking a little bit before we started recording this and, um, I wanted to get a clearer picture of what her path was like before we get into this, because it is such a, I mean, per, I personally have not experienced infant loss. I personally haven't experienced even a miscarriage. Um, I ended up with three healthy babies and, um, you know, and, and it's like, you know, even experiencing infant loss and then you have a baby, you, there are days where you're like, um, you're, you don't really want to be pregnant right. or you don't really want it. So it, it's, it gets to be a weird topic because people that end up having healthy babies and they're like, I didn't, oh, this is, I don't want to be pregnant right now. Right. You know, there's just so many right. mind judgments between the, 
The haves and the have-nots. The haves and the have-nots. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. The yeah. haves and have-nots. So it's a, so anyone to who's listening, it's just like, this is a wealth of information in my opinion. Thanks. Because it's like, you have experienced it all, really. It you've kinda, experienced the loss. You've experienced the gains. You've experienced the gains when you didn't necessarily want the gains. Right. And by I mean gains means I mean pregnancy. Right. I mean, let's just start from the beginning. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. Okay. Okay. So, um, so my husband and I, uh, we got married right before he left to go to Iraq for a year. So our first year of marriage, we were in Separate. two different countries. Awesome. And not yeah. awesome. <laughs> it was really weird because it was kind of like we were still single. You know, he was doing his thing and I was doing mine. Yeah. Are you like, are you really married? Are we married right now? Right. Exactly. Yeah, and, um, you know, but you have all those things like, you know, shared bank account and, and all you have all those married things, you know, and like trying to communicate, you know, budgets and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, one of you is in another country and you don't know what he's doing and he doesn't know what you're doing. And so it was interesting. Um, and w- But when he came home, we kind of were trying to do like first year of marriage and second year of marriage all at the same time because we never had that togetherness. And most of our dating time was in two different countries as well because he was in the army. And um, so really this was the first time um, that we were like together, together. And um, so we were, like I was telling you, kind of used to doing things the hard way. Like we just didn't you know, we didn't have a normal courtship. We didn't go out on dates a lot. You know, we were always on our best behavior for each other because we didn't get to see each other that often. Sure. And, um, so, but we had decided, um, that we were going to wait a while to have kids. And one thing that I, um, hadn't mentioned to you was that, um, when I was in my twenties, my early twenties, I had ovarian cancer. And so oh, minor detail. Wow. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one ovary. Um, and we weren't sure how hard it was going to be to get pregnant. Um, so I went in and talked to my oncologist and, um, you know, she was like, well, so, you know, you probably want to go off birth control about six months before you want to get pregnant because it's going to take a while to get out of your system. And we were like, okay, cool. So he, um, went to Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina and, um, I decided to go off birth control then because, you know, he was gone for a month and I was like, well, just do it now. And, um, I'll save us some money. Yeah. So, um, he came home, uh, at the beginning of October and, um, it wasn't six months. It was more like six weeks. Holy moly. Yeah. Wow. So Connor was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> we wound up having him, uh, when we were going to start trying to get pregnant. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but we were so excited and, sure. um, I was kind of relieved that he was a boy because, um, not a girly girl at all and I wouldn't have known what to do with a girl so yeah um we were super excited and um you know life went on and um when he was about two um well I guess it was closer to one and a half um I got pregnant again and we were super excited um because we knew you know we had talked about having a big family we thought we wanted to have at least four kids and, um, and so, you know, we started, um, the process of getting appointments to see, you know, midwife and, um, I started spotting and we hadn't told a lot of people, um, but I had told, you know, a few close friends in our family. Um, and, um, so, uh, I started spotting and, um, 
I had had friends that said, oh, you know, it's okay. I spotted during, you know, my whole pregnancy or I spotted during the first month or, you know, so I wasn't super concerned about it. Right. Um, I asked a couple of friends to pray for me because, you know, we were a little nervous. And finally we went in, um, because it was just really painful. Um, and, um, we lost that baby and I was about eight weeks um, and, um, we had just kind of been hoping against hope, you know, that everything was going to be okay. And so, um, when we were told that it wasn't okay, we were just kind of numb. We- right. Which starts the beginning process of what, you know, and even in that position, I mean, you guys are going to hear the whole stories and stuff like this. So for me, it's like, I want to dissect this a little bit, sure. this part, like this is what a lot of people experience. You right. get pregnant. You tell everybody. You tell everybody. You're all excited. Yeah. I mean, eight weeks is pretty significant. Right. You know, right. two weeks is significant. Any The moment you find out yeah. you're pregnant, it's, it's significant. significant. Right. And, I mean, and even when you find out you're not pregnant, it's significant. I mean, I'm it not going to downplay any. This is why it's so hard to talk about because there's just so many dynamics to how people feel about this. Right. And I'm just going to be me and Heather's going to be Heather. And there is no – if nothing that we say or don't say is meant to be offensive. Right. It's all meant in love and heart and just like, we're just sharing experience and we're trying to cover the basis of people that maybe don't know what to do with this. Right. So you have a miscarriage, you're eight weeks and you're like numb and you're like, what? This is not supposed to be part of the plan. Right. I mean, it totally kind of knocks you sideways because Mm -hmm. like I said, you know, you get pregnant and you're, you know, if you haven't ever experienced a loss before, then your, you know, initial response is to celebrate that and tell people about it. And the hardest thing about finding out that you have a miscarriage after you've told everybody that you're pregnant is to then go back and tell them that you're not. And, um, it was awful having to come home from that and say, you know, and we had told our parents like, okay, you know, we think something might be wrong and, um, we're going to go, you know, find out and stuff. And so it's not like they weren't aware of that possibility, but still, um, everybody is hoping that it's not that. Of course. So, um, especially you. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The one who's in it. Yeah. Exactly. And I remember, um, we had a friend on the East coast who had just had a little girl and they had come to visit. And, um, I remember watching game hold that baby, you know, brand new baby. And this was like a month after. And Dane's your husband. Yeah, did Dane's my husband. That? Did we say that? I don't think we did. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know we, if did. we did. But, yeah. but yes, he's my husband. And I remember him just sitting there holding this little girl and having this conversation with my friend and her sister um, about how we were doing. And I remember them saying something about, you know, they um, their mom had had a miscarriage um, and that if they hadn't had that miscarriage, then my friend wouldn't exist. Mm. And, um, I thought a lot about that and I still think a lot about it because it's very true. Like I wouldn't have the kids that I have with me now if I hadn't had those miscarriages. Not that those babies don't matter because they matter so much to me. I know they do. Um, yes, we all know that you do. And I, but I'm thankful and I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for the kids that I have as well. Like they're all blessings. Mm -hmm. Um, even losing the babies 
that part wasn't a blessing, but knowing that um, they're loved and cared for and in heaven, because that's what we believe, um, with family and cousins. Um, it's, it's all, God is good all the time. And as hard as it was to say goodbye to those babies, um, I feel like I can let them go now. Yeah. Um, and I am very thankful for the kids that God has blessed me with here. Sure. Um, and see, that's why it's so hard. That's why it's so hard to talk about. Again, it's like. Because you don't want to minimize, but you want to be thankful. And you, it's just, it's messy. It's messy. <laughs> loss and, is messy. And loss is messy. And, and let's just get to the point of this, that death in and of itself is incomprehensible. Yeah. So you're trying to make sense of something that you can't make sense that of. you really can't make sense of yeah you know with god in your life or without god in your life, there's just some things we just don't understand exactly and so this is such a hard subject because it's a child yeah and you're trying to wrap your brain and your heart around you know trying to make sense of it for yourself so that you can move forward Before you can move forward yeah yeah and that's why it's so it looks so different for everybody right and for you you know, and this baby ended up being named Gabriel, Gabriel, right? Which is part of the story down the road, right? But that's Gabriel, yes. And so Gabriel is in heaven, and that was your first miscarriage, right? And we eight weeks, yes. And we, you know, this was our first experience with this, and um, we were really young and still very naive, and we kind of, um didn't really process it. Um, and we talked about it a little bit, but we also kind of just, I mean, we had a almost two year old at home and we just kind of, well, you're still also probably like getting settled into marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So we just kind of scooted over that. You sure. know, we acknowledged it and, and moved on. And then, um, not that long after that, I got pregnant with our, um, daughter Ailey and um, we chose to not announce it as much. Um, we told our parents, and um, that was pretty much it for like the first three months. At, after three months, the, the first trimester, we felt like it was okay to maybe announce it to some other people. Um, and so we did that, and everything um, went fine with that pregnancy. Do you think that having um, a a miscarriage that time that with the first miscarriage that for it forever changed how you approach when you're pregnant or oh absolutely so I mean once you experience one you stepping into well, this world a, of possibilities of miscarriage and every shock you question you question every every everything I mean you question everything you question you know what you're doing like and it was more so later on, but, um, like, what did I do? Did I, did I cause this by doing something or not doing mm -hmm. something? Um, and then, so when you get pregnant again, you're like, okay, like I, um, you know, I did everything by the book, you know, like everything that you're supposed to do. Like I didn't eat the things that I wasn't supposed to eat and I, um, I didn't, you know, drink coffee or, you know, any yeah. of that kind of stuff. And it turned out. I wound up having gestational diabetes with Ailey. So, I mean, I did that 
five in a book. Like I checked my numbers and I ate what I was supposed to eat, when I was supposed to eat it. And um, I felt like, okay, yes, I'm healthy with this pregnancy and I'm doing good things. And so, um, you know, this is all, all going to go well, but it's always in, it's always in your, in your mind and not necessarily at the back of your mind. It's more towards the front. Like you're constantly thinking about it and, um, every day the, and there's milestones, you know, and again, later on there were more milestones, but once you get past those milestones, you kind of breathe a little bit easier. And um, for someone who had an experience, ever experienced a miscarriage, I mean, you're yeah. not necessarily thinking doing everything by the book or, you know, you're just kind of, right. I mean, or I guess maybe in some ways everyone kind of lives in a state of fear when you're pregnant in, 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 in and of itself. So fragile. It's right. So it's so fragile. fragile. I think the older you get to the more mature you see just how easy it is to lose. Whereas like maybe a 16 year old that gets pregnant, well, maybe it's a different problem. It's different issues. It's different. Appreciation comes with, you know, maturity and, and life experience. And, um, I mean, even for me, like, honestly, um, I totally took my first pregnancy for granted because that's what, as women mm -hmm. we're created to do, we're created mm -hmm. to, to have children. Yeah. And so it was totally natural and fine. And not thinking Never anything about it. it. Right. right. Never questioned that my body was doing what it was supposed to do. Mm. Until After you have a loss, you absolutely question that. Why can't I do this? And there is such a thing as secondary infertility, which I discovered later on, um, where you have a totally normal first pregnancy, but then after that struggle and struggle and struggle, which we did for a long time. Um, but yeah, you, you don't take it for granted anymore, which is, which is why that is always in the front of your mind. You're always thinking about it. Like, you know, I have to really focus on this and I have to really do everything that I can, even though it's completely out of your control, but you have to feel like you're in control of something. Um, so you do everything that you feel you can do to prevent. <laughs> right. For peace know. of mind of just right. your end of it. Yeah. Whatever you think you can control. Right. Right. So then Ailey comes along. Yes. Healthy. Doing great. Great. Yep. And we're like, okay, we have a boy and we have a girl and people would ask us. Are you, you gonna... knew you were not done. Yeah. People would ask us Cause... and we were like, we kind of hemmed and hawed about it. Like we didn't really want to commit to, I mean, we knew that we wanted more. Sure. Um, but you're also have two young kids that are demanding and. Right. Right. And a tiny house and mm. a tiny income and <laughs> all the things, all the things that, you know, you think about when you're an adult, like, is this really responsible? Right. Right. Having more it's kids? never responsible. No, never. No. Um, <laughs> so, um, so my brother and, um, and sister-in-law, um, wind up, they had some fertility issues in the beginning, um, but they wind up being pregnant with twins. And so we're all celebrating, you know, that we're going to have new babies in the family. And, um, and I find out in the midst of this that I am pregnant again. And, um, it was kind of a surprise. Yeah. Um, but also like we weren't not trying to get pregnant. We just, you know, we were probably, it had been a while, you know, Ailey was two and a half. And so we were like, oh, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and so we were shocked but happy, um, and we started planning. Um, you know, I wound up seeing the same OB as a friend, and um, we were, um, you know, going along. And then all of a sudden, um, I started 
um, spotting and having like really um, heavy bleeding, like something serious was going concern. On. Yeah, like this is not normal. Um, and so I went in to the doctor and they did some blood tests and all of my, you know, hormone levels were good and nothing was dropping, which is a sure sign that you're having a miscarriage when your hormone levels start to drop, drop. Um, and, um, how far along were you at this point? Oh, I was in the middle of my first trimester somewhere. Okay. Um, and so everything was going, you know, fine according to our doctor. And so I went with that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was still super nervous about it, but kept being assured that everything was fine because my hormone levels were fine. And so we just were like, okay, well, this feels really weird. Um, but we'll, we'll trust and we'll believe. And so, um, my nephews were born in December and I was in my second trimester and my mom and I went down, um, to, um, visit, um, my, um, sweet little baby boys. And my, I remember my sister and I talking about, um, how fun it was going to be to have, um, cousins that were so close in age because, um, our baby was due, um, in June. Okay. And so they were just going to be six months apart and they were super excited about that. And, um, it was fun to, you know, get to hold these tiny babies, you know, while I was pregnant. And I have these really adorable pictures of, me sitting in a rocking chair, you know, snuggling my baby in utero and my nephew and, um, picturing. Yeah. Just imagining and dreaming about, you know, these babies playing together. I got home from, um, that trip, um, and had, um, set up an appointment with my, our insurance changed in there somewhere. So I switched, wound up switching doctors, which was cool because I wound up getting the midwife that delivered my daughter Ailey. Um, and we loved her. She's, fantastic i adore her jody um, jody i will love her forever shout out to jody Woohoo! i know a little bit about you and everything i know about you just could give you a hug yeah okay she's the best um so i went in to see her and i remember i had been talking with my girlfriend um on the east coast about how you know it was almost time to find out what we were having and we were really excited we didn't find out with the first two Connor okay. and Ailey, we didn't know. When they were born, it was like, oh, look, you're a boy. Oh, look, oh, you're a that's girl. Cool. Yay. Yeah. And it was fun. But we decided, okay, we have one of each. It's not going to be a surprise. Yeah. You know? Like, it's not going to be something different. Right. So we know it's what it's like for either one. Yeah. Right. So we decided to find out. And um, so I went in, and they were checking the heartbeat, and um, she was having a hard time finding the heartbeat. And, um, so she was like, I'm just going to go get the ultrasound machine and we'll check and we'll take a peek and see if we can find out what you're having. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. Cause that's so much fun. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so she brought in the, um, ultrasound machine and she's looking and looking. And of course I don't like with our first miscarriage, we weren't far enough along to hear a heartbeat or do pictures or, or any of that stuff. So. I'm just looking at the picture of my baby up there and, like, not thinking, you know, anything. Because up to this point, we had been told that everything was fine. Yeah. And um, there, I just remember there was a, a, a blank spot. And I didn't know what that meant because I didn't know. And um, so Jody looks at me. And in that moment, looking at her face. I knew something was wrong 
and I don't remember what she said. I remember I was at this appointment alone because my husband was at work. I didn't take my cell phone with me, so I had no way to call, um, and I was a wreck. Like, just, you know, you go into an appointment thinking that you're going to hear a heartbeat and that you're going to see a baby, and you don't, and that just flips you upside down because... It's totally the opposite of what you went in there for. Um, I remember Jody sitting on the bed next to me, letting me use her phone to call Dane to tell him. I had to tell him at work. He was at work, and I had to call him. I had to say, our baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And um, (laughs) um, she held my hand until I was um, calm enough to be able to drive home. Um... And I just, I will, like I said, I will love her forever. because she, I love how she didn't really say anything. She just, yeah, she was just there in that moment with me in my pain. Um, and that is the most important thing you can do. Like, I think people feel like they need to say something. And honestly, you don't. You just need to be there, you know. And um, we all feel like we need to be comforting and, and reassuring and encouraging and we stumble over words because we don't know what to say. Um, and a, a lot of the time you don't need to say anything. You just need to be there. You just need that person. That person just needs to know that you're there and that you care. And she, um, she was just what I needed in that moment because I was there by myself and my husband wasn't there. And um, I will love her forever because of that. Yeah. So that night, um, I, like I was um, telling you, we, my husband and I stayed up all night. I was going to go in the next day um, to be induced to have our baby. Um, but Dan and I just, we needed to not think about it. Like we couldn't think about it. It's a shock. Well, yeah, and that and baby this, was still there. Yeah, you know? like, it's like... Um, incomprehensible really it is and so I still looked pregnant like that was I it was hard it was really hard to go home um knowing what was going to happen the next day and um so we watched comedy videos all night because and it was such an out-of-body experience like it was just it felt weird to laugh um but I needed the distraction like distraction was the best thing for me um, initially, like in those beginning stages of grief. Well, and this too, backing up a little bit, this was probably the biggest punch in the gut out of everything that you had. Absolutely. This was a different, like the first miscarriage was one thing a different in a different way, but this yeah. was like, it was very traumatic. It was a traumatic situation. So you knew that when you went home and you were still pregnant and you were like, you were basically in shock, but you also, what we talked about too, like you, you went in the hospital one way, come out another way. Yeah. And that's, you know, we'll get to that, but just, this was the most traumatic part for you. Right. So we went in the next day, um, and, um, not knowing what to expect, not knowing, I mean, I was, it was so depressing walking through the doors of the birth center, knowing I wasn't going to be coming out with a baby. Um, oh, God, that was so hard. 
Um, and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be there. Um, but they put us in a room that was, they call it the isolation room, and it was separate from where all the normal happy pregnancies, pregnancies are. were happening. Yeah. <laughs> all the normal births. Um, and so um, we were just, it was just Dane and I in that room um, with our nurses. And um, Jody wound up being at the hospital um, that day. So she wound up delivering um, Reagan. Reagan. Is what we had decided to name the baby. Um, and we didn't know what we were having this time either. Um, but it, we had decided that the name was going to be Reagan either way. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I remember the nurse asking, you know, what, how do you want this to go? And I was like, I just want it to feel as, um, um, unlike a normal birth as possible. Like I, I just need it to not be it. Meaning that, um, I didn't want to. Like you kind of wanted to be detached a little bit. Yeah. 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 I just, I needed to separate myself Mm -hmm. from, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a happy thing that we were doing, but they were so loving and they were so, um, it just felt like we were, you know, in this little cocoon Mm -hmm. and, um, it was just quiet and safe. And, um, we had some friends come and stay with us, which was again, a nice distraction, Mm -hmm. um, from what was actually happening. happening. Um, and they put together, um, a memory box. And so after Reagan was born, um, they, took pictures of the baby and they they said that you were having they said we had a boy in the hospital they told us it was a boy so they took pictures of him and we had decided that his name was going to be Reagan James and um so we had this lovely little box with pictures it took me a long time I couldn't even look at him for a long time and then I um they had a like um a card that all the nurses had signed in there and um after he was born we had the opportunity to hold him and Which you weren't sure about. Yeah. I was first. not sure that I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew that it would be hard mm-hmm. and it like, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine holding a dead child. Um, and at this point, uh, when Reagan was born, we were 20 weeks, um, pregnant. And, um, so, you know, he was, about the length of my hand and his, um, skin was still transparent. Um, so you could see through, um, you know, all of his veins and everything. And, um, but I made myself do it because I knew if I didn't, I would regret it. And I'm so glad I did, you know, that I had that time with him. And I remember Dane sitting in the rocking chair with him um, and he just rocked him for a long time. And it was really hard to give him back. Oh my God. <laughs> I just, um, really hard. Yeah. Um, and then we went home and, um, I remember, you know, we had, um, church friends bring us meals and we had a memorial service to plan. And, um, the pastor who would have baptized Reagan, um, wound up doing our memorial service for us. And, um, he came over and talked to us, um, about, you know, what we wanted the service to look like. And, um, he asked us, 
um, you know, about our first miscarriage. And he said, do you want me to talk about that baby too? And um, we were like, absolutely, yes, because we had never, like I said, you know, really, we just sort of glossed over that and didn't ever really, I mean, we grieved, but again, it was just, we were so you know, it's like, it well, is it, ha- it is. right, it happens, and was, yeah, um, which, not to minimize what happened, and, um, you know, we love that baby, too, of course, um, but the kids were there, because we wanted them to be a part of the process, and, um, so he asked us if that baby had a name, and we were like, no, because we didn't know what we were having, and we just never really thought about it, and, Um, and my son Connor was like, well, let's name that baby Gabriel because it's an angel baby. And we were all just like, that's perfect. So our first baby is Gabriel. And then we had Reagan and I had a friend who, um, made up some really sweet little, um, announcements for our, um, memorial service. And I had another friend who was a florist who did the flowers for us. And we, um, we had done a playlist for all of our kids, or all of our kids, for our kids when we went into the hospital that I listened to um, while we were in labor. In labor, and we had made one for Reagan too. Um, and then, you know, as we had been um, going through our loss and trying to come to terms with that, you know, there were several songs that popped out to us that um, we were just like, "Oh my gosh, this is." So where I'm at right now, and I remember one of them was, um, gosh, now I can't remember the name of it, but I just remember um, one of the verses was um, um, something about, you know, I wish I could hold you in my arms, oh, and I was like, oh. stab in the <laughs> stab heart. in the heart. Um, so we altered her playlist, his playlist, um, to have these other songs in it too, and we played that, you know, at the. You know, just intermittently through the memorial service. Um, and um, it was so weird. You know, we had to go, um, we got Reagan cremated. And I had never had to do that before, you know, never. Um, and the amount of ashes <laughs> we got back, um, oh my goodness, was like a little teeny tiny, mm-hmm. teeny tiny bag. Um, just so precious. Um, and, um, my stepdad, so we had a, I had decided on a classic poo theme for the nursery. Connor had it. Ailey had it. Reagan was going to have it. And they all had a different poo animal. And Connor was Tigger and Ailey was Piglet and Reagan was going to be Owl. And when I had been down visiting my brother in Arizona, when um, my nephews were born, he had bought an owl like from Winnie the Pooh at the Disney store for me that I had brought home. And, um, so, um, that just kind of became our thing. Um, owls were, I have, I have that, um, we have a bigger memory box that we have put all of Reagan's things in like a, an Afghan that my mom made that has owls in it and the owl that my brother bought and, um, all that kind of stuff. But my stepdad made a, um, little birdhouse um that we put Reagan's ashes in and he burned her birthday she was he was born on January 25th um 2012 and um 
I remember years before Dan and I got married and had kids, I had a friend who had a miscarriage. And um, she had told me that they had decided to get a Christmas ornament to that was specifically for that baby that they lost um, to remember that baby by that they would put on the tree every year. And I was like, that's kind of cool. It's a neat, yeah. neat way to remember. And when I was a kid, my grandma used to buy us um, from Meyer and Frank, which doesn't exist anymore, these um, silver sleigh bells. Yeah. Sterling. Remember those? Well, yeah, my mom collected all yeah. Yes. That was the thing. So <laughs> my brother and I both have one from the year we were born, and then we each got a couple more after that. But I had told my told Dane when we got married that I wanted to do that when we had kids, get mm-hmm. them one for the year they were born. And so we did get one for um, Connor. Um, and then when we lost Gabriel, like, that was the thing that we did, like, mm-hmm. to commemorate that. It was like, you know, we lost that baby um, right before Thanksgiving. Like, on November 20th was when we found out that Gabriel Gabriel was gone, and so it, um, we were able to get a bell for Gabriel. Um, and then the way things work out um, is just so, like, we couldn't have planned it ourselves, but Ailey was born a year later on November 21st. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And um, we just, you know, I mean, it, to be able to recognize that I don't think I thought about it at the time. I think it took us a little while to realize that, or maybe Dane realized it um, right away. I don't remember, but um, to know that, that that was, I mean, it was just, it was perfect. Do you think that's the true definition of bittersweet? I do. I really do. Like if you really get that statement, bittersweet, yeah, that is really just bittersweet. And I think that that's how loss is. You know, like, the loss is so hard, but something amazing can come out of that loss. And I think that is really the definition of... Well, you look for it and you hold on to it. You do. You absolutely do. Because you have to. Yeah. You have to 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 survive and to move forward Mm -hmm. and to find some way to exist Mm -hmm. after that. You have to. You have to look for it and grab it and hold on to it. Because otherwise, you just... Deteriorate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then with Reagan, a special case in and of itself was. Yes. Yeah, so um, they, after Reagan was born, um, they did an autopsy because they were trying to figure out what had happened. And what wound up happening was I had a what's called a placental abrupture. And so that's when the placenta starts pulling away from the wall of the uterus. And um, that's why there was, why it was so, um, it was just incredibly traumatic to experience. Um, but so we went in to talk to, um, a perinatologist after, um, all was said and done. And she went over the autopsy report with us and, um, you know, we discussed with her and we talked about, um, you know, um, how my body, you know, how the placental abrupture happened and, you know, what to do and, um, we were in the car on the way home and I'm looking through the autopsy report and I notice, um, that Reagan was actually not a boy, like they had said in the hospital, but a girl. And I just sort of stopped breathing. 
Like I and I said today, I go Reagan's a girl, and he was like, "What?" what? <laughs> right here in the autopsy, it says Reagan's a girl, and I just kind of went into hysterics. And sure. He, he, Again. Yeah. Shock. Yes. Uh, and oh. I don't think he really understood at the time. Like to him, it was kind of a relief that Reagan had wound up being a girl instead of a boy because. He had been remembering when Connor was a baby and had been, we had been in the hospital after he was born and he was watching sports with him and thinking about how he missed out on doing those things with Reagan, who had up to that point been a boy. Not that he... Well, no, it's perfect proof of what happens in the grieving process. Totally different experiences. You just, you, you were thinking one thing, he was thinking another thing, totally normal, like experience. So for him to find out it was a girl was kind of a relief and that's just part of his grieving process but right. for you oh it was so hard i was, was devastated just, because this I, was a three this was like a three-week span right yeah so yeah. it had been so the memorial service hadn't even quite happened no it had it had oh, just it did happened. happen it had okay. just happened. it had just happened okay so so we had you know mourned mourned and kind a of had a little bit of of closure i mean obviously the right just because we had a memorial service doesn't mean that we're all sure and done sure just um, a little step Right. But so we were on our way to coming to terms with that. And then to find out that I had not lost a son, but instead had lost a daughter was kind of like grieving all over. Like I had to start the grieving process all over again. And I don't know why it was different, but it just was like, yeah, it's like, I, maybe it's because it's like, you're, you're trying to make something a reality to hold on to, to let go almost. Like, what is that? Like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again, us, our human brains trying to comprehend something right. that's really uncomprehensible. Right. So for some reason, that's the way it hit you. And right. And I, I think, you know, there were a lot of pieces to that. You know, like I had said, um, we had named Reagan after my brother. His middle name was James. And that's a very significant name in your family. It is. James is a big name um, in our family. Um, I, my mom had a, an Uncle Jim and then I had an Uncle Jim, her brother. And then my brother is Uncle Jim to my kids is a namesake it is and so um we had named reagan after uh, my brother so that we had a a gym of sorts um and so you know to it was you know sad for my brother to and it was sad for me to be have to say you know i mean obviously um you know it's a girl so and now it's funny because i have a niece whose middle name is james but um we could have kept it that way, but we didn't. And, um, it was just kind of hard to acknowledge that, that special piece, you know, even though that we had lost that baby, it was still, that was still going to be that baby's name. And, but now that baby wasn't a boy. So, you know, and all the memorial stuff had been, you know, Reagan James. And so it was just kind of like, (sighs) it's a slap in the face in a sense. Just, what are the chances? I mean, I mean. Well, and then my doctor. I mean, I know, uh, I know. It's just it's kind of a comedy of errors. Except I, it's, not, it's, it's not. It's not. Funny, what are you? But, gonna, I know it's a comedy of errors that you can't really laugh at, but we're laughing at it. It's like yeah. it is what it is, yeah. and that happened, and that well, happened. And to have to tell my kids, you know, and we chose not to in that moment. You know, they were so young, mm-hmm. um, and to have to, they were still trying to. I mean, as adults, we have a hard time wrapping our brains around what death is and how to, 
you know, process that and absorb it into our, you know, life. And for babies, you know, my son was, excuse me, um, four and Ailey was two. two. Um, to, for them to try and come to terms with that and then to say, okay, well, sorry, you didn't lose a brother. You lost a sister. Like, I, I just felt like I couldn't do that to them. We did eventually tell them, and it was very hard for them. Um, but I felt like we needed to give them time. You know, just one kick in the, yeah. you know, stomach after another was not, it's just not so what they needed. Yeah. And, um, you know, they had their own way of processing. I remember Connor drew this um, sweet picture um, that was a crib, and I still have it. Uh, it was a crib with a baby in it, and then, um, and then like angel wings or, um, but he brought it to me, and he drew it on notebook paper. You know, it wasn't like a formal piece of paper, right? Um, but he goes, "Mom, this is a picture of Reagan in heaven," and I, I mean, it was on our fridge for like oh. until we moved, and now it's in a it's in her memory box. But, um, it just floored me, like how, um, it was precious and it was innocent and it was, you know, out of perfect love and perfect, you know, because that's how he needed to process it. And, um, I, like I said, we, um, trying to explain death and, um, what happens after you die and, um, you know, to bring peace to them and comfort to them. And help them to understand, you know, um, that Reagan was somewhere, you know, that she was alive in heaven. I mean, it's just <laughs> adults. We all have a hard time with it. Matt. We well, do, yeah, but you know what? In kids, in some ways, they are simple. Well, that faith they, like a child. Yeah, they you really know, they do just understand. They accept it. They accept it, and they, they take it as for real. They do. They do. And so we. Um, we tried to help them, you know, through that process as best we could. We bought so many books um, for ourselves and for them. I remember um, some friends from our church brought over the book um, "Heaven Is for Real," and I bawled my way through that. The the um, it's a true story, and the wife um, in the story has a miscarriage um, along the way through the story. Um, and, um, I, it was, um, very helpful for me, um, at the time. And then they came out with the heaven is for real for kids. And, um, so we bought that book to kind of help them understand, um, mm -hmm. what, you know, where Reagan was and what she, you know, was, um, doing and being. And, um, there were some other books. There's a great book, um, it's a series, uh, God gave us you and it's about a polar bear family. Um, and there's, there's like God gave us Christmas and God gave us two and, but there's one that's God gave us heaven and it's, um, just this little polar bear family talking about what heaven might be like and, um, you know, questions that kids, you know, would typically ask and parents trying to, you know, answer those questions based on, you know, our beliefs and, um, what we know, you know, and, um, so... <laughs> Just, you know, not only are we trying to help get ourselves through this loss, but trying to help our kids get through it too. And, um, it was, it was hard and it was messy. And I remember, um, Dane and I just, you know, Connor cried to sleep so many nights. Um, and we just, our heart broke for him, you know, his like not being able to 
really comfort him in his grief. And, you know, I told you that Reagan's theme was owls and he was finally like, mom, I, he asked to sleep with Reagan's owl, which I had put in the memory box. He's like, mom, can I please just sleep with that? I'll be really careful with it, but I just need, I just want to hold it while I sleep. And how do you say no to that? Like sure, everything yeah. in me wanted to be like, no, I need to keep it precious in this box. Yeah. It needs to, you know, be because perfect. it was for Reagan. Yeah. But I let him because how do you say no to that? Like I need to hold on to something of Reagan's and so does he. Yeah. You know, he needed that just as much as I did. And, um, it's really awesome that you saw that. It was hard. You're an amazing (laughs) mom. Oh, thank you. I, it's, let's just all take a moment (laughs) and say, Heather, you're an amazing mom. Oh, thanks. I really are. It all, you know, you, some of it's, um, I mean, you're just making it all up as you go along, you know, because none of us had ever been in that situation before. And so we're all just doing the best we can. And, um, I was seeing a social worker at the time and, and, um, you know, just trying to talk with her through stuff. And she said, you know, she asked me how Dane was doing. And, um, and I said, you know, we don't really talk about it a whole lot. Like we kind of had this system of checking in with each other. And I would say, you know, and we kind of took turns like, well, and backing up too, is that what, what I had mentioned earlier was, is that, you know, you walked out of the hospital, different lens. Yes. It was the punch in the gut. You were starting over in some ways. Like it was just like, here was Heather before hospital. Here's Heather after hospital. And then same for Dane. Yeah. Dane before Dane after. And you start to mark time that way, you know, like this was life before Reagan and this was life after Reagan. And when you like look back on things, you're like, okay, so was that before, before, and it's awful that you now have to do that, have to do that. Um, so with Dane now, you know, you have this, now you guys are in transition and a bigger transition of like who, what, when, where, and how are we doing this? Right. So, so start, so continue with what you're saying. So he, we would check in with each other and I'd be like, you know, how are you? It was really simple. It was a very simple system. How are you today? You know, if we, he would be like, today's not good. Or I would say, you know, I'm okay today. And, and then that just was it, you know, that was okay. You need some space. I told, there was never like a, okay, how are we going to help each other through our grief conversation? Um, it's more of an exception. It was, it was like, I get that you need, and sometimes we would talk about it. You know, sometimes we would have conversations about, how we were doing, but it was never like a, okay, so this is what I need from you. It just kind of was. Um, and it wound up working for us. Um, just to be, you know, if he said that things weren't good, then I would say, okay, I love you. If you need me, I'm here. Um, but were there days like in the practical sense, like, like you're both grieving serious, great grief. And then it's like, you still have these two kids to watch. He's working. Oh, I was a horrible parent. So like, so obviously what the kids are on you. Like yeah. How did you have a practical so, system where it's like, okay, your day is like crap, but all right, I'm going to go wash the kids. Like, like so how does that work? I remember, like, um, no, I mean, we didn't have really a system. I remember, um, we had amazing church. I have one friend, um, from church. I was so thankful. She not only brought us a meal, but she brought like this big, picnic basket full of snacks because there were days where I didn't even change Ailey's diaper and they ate Chips Ahoy cookies sure all day long yeah because I just was not in a place where I you know they were safe and they were you know 
This, it, it I mean, is just, what talk, it was. just talking about this, I think, is just so enlightening because this is, again, the stuff that people don't right. want to talk about. I mean, you're in survival. Right. Like, and like I said, grief is messy. Yeah. It's messy. And so you and Dane had an, you guys accepted each other. Right. With whatever it was. Yeah. He's not coming home judging you about Chips Ahoy. Right. He's in his own world. You're in your own world, kind of just right. surviving. Yeah. And there were days when I didn't even get out of bed and the kids would just come and be in bed with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day in particular, I was in bed and just paralyzed with grief. Like I, I don't think I'd showered in days and, um, I'm sure the kids were disgusting too, but, um, you just don't have it in you. You, you don't. And it, they were, you know, playing on the bed and Ailey, um, Connor had broken my nose, like when he was a tiny baby. Um, and Ailey threw her head back and hit me in the spot right oh, here. Oh, sh- Yep. And I let out the <laughs> loudest <laughs> F word. Just, and I don't like that word. Like, that's not a it's word not, that it's I... It's not a Heather word. It's really not. But it was so painful, and I was just so... It caught me off guard. I was in my own little, you know, missing Reagan world. Um, and I just... And Ailey's face... After that happened, like it just, I just crumbled, you know, and I, um, I'd like to say that that sort of woke me up and I was like, you know, taking a shower again or something (laughs) (laughs) doubtful. Um, but I did, I did snuggle my kids a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I realized I'm angry and I don't want to be, and I knew, you know, like talking about that whole before and after, um, everybody, you know, my mom. Um, it was really hard for her, um, as a grandparent, you know, a lot of people don't think about, you know, the grandparents lost babies too, and that's hard for them. Well, that's but hard they're not for them just, to watch you in that It's hard. They've lost their child in a way too, because you're not the same after that. So the person that I was before I lost those babies is not the person that I am today. Not to say that the person I am today isn't good. I, I'm, I'm good now. I'm okay. Um. I feel like I've um, done a lot of growing and, um, you know, processing and come to terms with where I'm at now. And I'm okay with who I am now. But it took a long time. And it took a long time for my family, too. Um, and, um, you know, my my mom said to me, you know, lots of times I really, I, I miss who you were. And I was like, I do, too. I yeah. wish I could still be that person. But grief, death, loss, it changes you. Um, and you know, how you choose to deal with that change, you know, it's so personal for everybody and some of us do it better than others. And I was terrible at it. (laughs) Um, and, um, so I, you know, I, I lost friends and, and some family members that just didn't understand. Um, it's funny how grief works. Um, you, you have, you know, this like socially acceptable period of time to grieve. And then everybody around you sort of decides, okay, you're done, you're done, but you're not. Um, and so the rest of the world goes back to their normal lives and you're still in this, like, but my life's not normal anymore. I'm still stuck. I don't know how to move forward, but you, you know, then that, that's where that kind of stigma comes in of, okay, Clearly, I'm not supposed to talk about this anymore. Clearly, I'm supposed to be fine now because nobody else wants to talk about it with me anymore. So 
I guess I better pull up my bootstraps and, you know, move on. That makes me want to crawl in a bed. And when I someone did. says, yeah, when someone <laughs> says, pull up your bootstraps, it makes me, makes me want to go with, take my shoes off and throw it out the window. Like, screw that. Yeah. So you... So, and in this time when, you know, before we had lost Reagan, um, Dane uh, is a veteran, and so he gets his health care through the VA, and he had been on the waiting list for a vasectomy. And they called up one day and said, you know, it's his time. Does he want to make an appointment? And I was like, yep, he does, because we were like, you know, we're on our third baby. That's good. We're done. Um, and then we lost Reagan, and I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want to be done. Like, ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I, I looked at Dane, and I, I just, you know, I was, please. And he went in and he got it reversed. And it was the worst pain of his life. Like he <laughs> Such a was, good man. Oh my gosh. He's the best. I, I mean, it was, like I never doubted how much he loved me, but you know, and it was important to him too. It wasn't like he was doing it for me. He was doing it for both of us. Like we both wanted it, wanted it. Um, but he had to go through all the physical, you know, horribleness of, Whatever that is. Right? Whatever that is. Oh, boy. And he goes, you know, uh, it's your turn next time. Like, if this, you know, if we ever get pregnant again, you are the one who is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Taking one for the team. And I was like, okay, deal. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he went in and got it reversed. And they told us, you know, like, it was successful, but it takes a while to, for everything to kind of, you know, work itself out and get back into the groove and, we were like, okay, you know, they were like, it takes about a year, and we were like, oh, all right, you know, so we were trying and trying and trying, and, you know, two years go by, and uh, we're like, well, is this going to happen, and um, and then um, Ailey was, it was the year before Ailey started kindergarten, and I got pregnant, um, and we were like, yes, it worked, Yeah, you know, super excited, and almost instantly, like, I mean, I think I found out one week and then the next week I was spotting and, um, it was just, it was crushing. And, um, you know, I was telling you like, every time I thought I was pregnant, you know, I would, I would go out and like, I would try and resist buying a, a pregnancy test, you know, but you've got that whole, like, you know, is this, is this it, is this the time that it's going to happen for us? And so the temptation was just to much and I would go and buy a pregnancy test or I would call a friend and say hey do you have a spare pregnancy test and um every time it wasn't two lines was like a loss in and of itself just you know gearing yourself up for that and I set myself up for it every time and I hated that I did that to myself and I tried not to do it but you really just can't help it it's like a a knee-jerk reaction I, I think so like being a woman it's like yeah because again it's what my body's supposed to do but my body's not doing it so what the heck? Like, what am I doing wrong? What am I not, you know? And I totally got into that whole, like, okay, I totally need to revamp what I'm doing. I need to take better care of, I mean, anything. I I did test after test after test, you know, we did blood tests and we did, um, uh, you know, imaging tests and we, I, I did it all just to find some answers. Like, why is my body not doing what it's supposed to do? And the perinatologist that we saw after, um, 
Reagan. Reagan. Um, she said, you know, we went in and talked with her, um, and she was like, okay, well, um, after this, you know, third pregnancy or this third loss, um, and she said, if you guys get pregnant again, we are just going to throw the book at you, and we are going to try everything. And we were like, great, let's do it. Um, she said, you know, there's some things that we can try. We can put you on a blood thinner um, that will hopefully help, you know, with um, clots and stuff. And and um, there's a whole science behind it that I was like, you know, I don't even care if it's going to work. Great. Like, I, you just give it to me. I don't even know why, but if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and so um, we got pregnant um, that summer. So that was March um, when we lost our third baby and um then in I think it was like the end of June um we got pregnant again and our beginning of June I guess I don't know it all kind of starts to run together right um I know when I lost all of them I don't necessarily remember when I got pregnant with with all of them because that part just doesn't stick as well yeah um but so we got pregnant again I went in and I saw Jody um, at eight weeks and there was a heartbeat and I was, you know, feeling pregnant and those were all good signs and we were super excited because we were like, finally. Um, and we told some people just because we couldn't help it and we were excited and, um, but we were very careful about who we told. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a choice few. And, um, so Dan and I had this conversation about that. Our perinatologist had told us that, you know, when we had a solid heartbeat, um, around, um, nine weeks, we would start blood thinners, um, to help, um, with the pregnancy. And I was like, cool. So, um, at eight weeks we went in for an ultrasound, everything looked good. Um, and, um, they told us that they, or we went in for a heartbeat check at eight weeks and they said, come back next week at nine weeks, we'll do an ultrasound just to kind of pinpoint the due date and all that kind of thing. And we were like, cool, we'll be here. And um, so on the way home from that appointment, um, Dan and I were having a conversation about whether or not we wanted to tell the kids now um, and whether we wanted them to go to the ultrasound with us. And um, we decided that we did. Like, they didn't know anything about us being pregnant or anything yet. Um, So we thought we'd surprise them with an ultrasound and tell them that way, which... um, at the time seemed like such a fun and cool and good idea. Um, so we went in and, um, the ultrasound tech was just kind of, um, not super nice, not nice. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just put it that way. Yeah. No beating around the bush. She's kind of mean, uh, and wanted to know why we had brought the kids. And, um, I was like, you know what? You don't know our story. And, um, I said, just, we just thought that, they would like to see and by then they had figured out oh mom's getting an ultrasound we know what that means yeah um and so they were really excited so the technician took me back and I just remember being in this cloud of we finally have a healthy pregnancy this is so wonderful and the tech is doing her thing and I'm super not paying attention to the ultrasound at all and I'm talking to her and answering her questions and she goes okay I'm gonna bring your family back now and I was like great so she brings the kids and Dane back and she's talking to the kids about, you know, are they excited to be a big brother and sister? And um, da 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 da. And uh, at the end of the ultrasound, she goes, okay, well, the doctor is going to want to see you guys. Um, so you need to hang out for a minute. And we were like, okay, cool. 
because we thought it was to talk about how far along we were and right. you know when the due date was and because that's what they said we were going to do so the doctor calls us back and she goes do you guys know why you're here today and we're like yeah to find out what the due date is my kids are in this room with dane and i repeat, <laughs> repeat. my kids are in this room <laughs> um and she goes no um there's no heartbeat in front of my kids who had been through so much loss already who in the span of about 10 minutes found out that they were having a baby and then that they had lost that baby you know it's it blew my i was so angry i, I was so angry and that was the, i just can't even it was in a lot of ways that pregnancy was the hardest pregnancy for me like the hardest um to have to process because there like i wasn't spotting i felt sick um i um i felt like this was it this was it and was so confident that i put my kids through that you know we took them there and we wanted to surprise them and show them and then and and then and then nothing. it all fell apart. Well, and then I can just sense maybe are you at that point you were blaming yourself in some way. Yeah. And totally. that is like totally not fair. I mean that's what's so sucky about the whole thing. Yeah. It's like we all would it's just like it's what we don't understand. Yeah. It's like why would that have to be like that? And then on top of that, this technician Asking your kids, are you excited to be older? I mean, who the hell does that? Yeah. I mean, because she knew. she's a tech- she, she already knew that the baby she, was yeah. not doing well. Yeah. And then that. Yeah. To I mean, the ba- she knew the baby was actually not alive. Yeah. And I get that they can't say anything no. to me, but she didn't have to bring my kids in. Like, she's like, okay, you're done. I'm going to go bring the kids in. Like, yeah. who? She's since fired. Yes. Let's just say that yeah. um she is fired unfortunately the doctor we don't know is if that person woman which i'm sorry i just have to say it she was a freaking <laughs> woman okay yeah. i mean it would have been bad if it was a man but she was she should know better yeah yeah no tact i'm sorry i'm just like what the Dane what? and i were were floored. floored yeah it was so like how did you actually walk out of that room were you just like in shock or were you just like yeah, I was in shock. Were you just like, like, just staring? Like, like, what were the words? Like, do you remember the words? I don't remember. I remember Dane was insanely angry. Like, okay, just... so he was like expressing. Yes, uh, and then I called my girlfriend on the East Coast because um, I told her I would call her after the appointment, and I called her and I told her, and she couldn't believe it. Like, she couldn't believe that I had been all of it healthy pregnant a week before and this and then the technician and then the doctor and she was like she's like well what are you doing now and i said we're going to go get food and she goes i'm sending you a pizza from new york she called a pizza company and had them deliver dinner to our house um it's a and, good friend oh, she's the best i love her i um, love her too <laughs> <laughs> um and i just you know i um and I told you, I was so angry about yeah. all of it. Like, yeah. I sent my kids to my, my mom's for a week. It was August. Um, I was going to wind up having to have a DNC. Um, 
And so we went in and we did that. Um, I was so in disbelief about the whole pregnancy. I remember being, they were going to put me under, I was on the operating table and I looked at the doctor who was wonderful. I adore her. I don't remember her name. I don't remember who she is. I just remember that she was so kind and loving to me. And I said, can you please just check one time? Can we please just do one more ultrasound? So I know for sure that there's no baby. And she did. She brought in an ultrasound machine. She, she did another check. She said, I'm so sorry. And I'm so glad that she was willing to do that for me. I mean, it was a, it was a stupid request, but not I really, was. but yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I felt stupid asking. Sure. Um, but for her to honor that request yeah. was a lot. Um, it meant a lot to me. And um, I just went home and just sort of shut down. Like, I um, sent my kids to my mom's, and I just, you know, Dane was at work. Um, he was um, working through all of that, and... Um, I just, do you think that with this pregnancy being the hardest loss in a, in, in a different way, like, do you think it was probably the hardest spiritually? It definitely was. Yeah. Because I think was. you probably were at a place where you're like, well, okay, well, we got through that hard part. Yeah. So now it's going to be the victory right. in yeah. the loss. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly where I was. And then to have it not be that, um, I really wrestled with that yeah and you were um, angry I was and I felt in you that, were already angry and then this angry uh, yeah it's like a double whammy I don't think I've ever been so angry in my life yeah. um and I um it, there was just a lot that I had to work through and that I had to come to terms with and that I had to um let go of and um and I had to learn that um even if we didn't ever get pregnant again, that God was still good and that he still loved me and that my kids were enough, that I was enough, that my husband was enough, that it was all enough. And I think that was a big part of where I had, what I had to go through to get to who I am today. And, um, it just, it was hard and it was yucky and, um, but there was a lot of good in it too. But I remember um, being so hurt and so angry. I, I told Dan, I said, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like we had decided that we were, you know, going to keep trying. And then after that, um, that fourth devastating loss, I was like, I just, I don't know if I can. I feel like God's telling us no. And he looked at me and he said, well, God didn't tell me no. Oh. And this is the second time for me to cry over that. I, <laughs> I love you, Dave. Oh. I was just so relieved. Right. Like, I didn't... This is what's so special about your marriage, I feel like. It in really all, is. In all the stuff that you guys have been through, just this his statement of, well, God didn't tell me I was, you know, in that light. And just... Yeah. And, and again, you go... I'm not going to say anything. You go... You say it. You like. I was so... I, I didn't think that I would be it was a surprise to be relieved that he said god didn't tell me no because um i wasn't i just needed to know that he was with me you know that he felt like um our family wasn't finished yet also and that 
God had a plan. And, and even though you were completely just done, yeah. like your body, your physical, I was your tired, this, yeah. emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of it. I was so tired and I just didn't see a way to Past move. It. Yeah. I, to get around it. And, um, and I needed him to say that to me and, um, to know that he, um, that it was as important to him as it was to me because I thought that it was, you know, we tend to move on the same direction, you know, we yeah. kind of have this non-communicative way of communicating, you know, when you've been married for a while, you just kind of, yeah, yeah. not that you're complacent, totally. but you just, you know, right. You, you, yeah. you recognize those things in the other person. And I felt like, um, I felt like he was, but to hear him, you know, reaffirm that and say, nope, we're not done. I and, just, that moment, I, that's the thing, like, when you're, like, 90 years old on your deathbed, that's the thing you're going to remember. Just that, that connection with the, like, I just think that's just such a beautiful part of marriage. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, that's, this is what that life, I mean, when you can find, when you have the one like that in your life and you're doing, this is, this is what marriage is. It this is. This is what you're signing up for. Exactly. It's for better or worse. For, for worse. You and know? Then, and this is the worst and the better, like in a moment. It is. It's all of it together. And it, ugh. It's, it's too much. It's, it is. It's, it's amazing and. It's life. Yeah. It's life. And, um, and it, it's the, the beautiful things and the ugly things and the. But it's beautiful to be able to do all of it together. Yeah. And I always like to say that Dan and I are better together. Like, right. You know, I couldn't do any of the things that I've done without him. And some of them quite literally. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just. Which is super important to say, too, because I feel like guys out there who are going through the loss with their wives, too, like their place in it all mm-hmm. is so not brought up either. It's not. Like, they're almost kind of like the third wheel on it. Yeah. And, you know, they. They, it's kind of like with the grandparents, okay? Like, they've lost a child, but they they also have to watch their wife go through, like, the physical, you Actual. know, loss and and watch her grieve. And then, yeah, they're kind of just kind of left over there to, you know. Figure it out. It's like, you know, I, I like how in this process, Dane had, like, he's, he's really played a significant role. Like, you can tell yeah. that he's, like been there and it kind of experienced it with you. I mean, even down to the getting a reversal. <laughs> so that you could have, right? I mean, he really sounds like he was with you. In yes. It. And it was amazing because, you know, like I said, um, stories tend to come out of the woodwork when you have announced, um, to the world that you have experienced something like this. And so, um, friends who knew what we had gone through would come to us and say, you know, we, we had a miscarriage. Could you pray for us? And, and Dane was always right there. So, you know, you know, to our, you know, our friends, specifically the husband, I'm here if you need to talk to me. Like he was willing to share his story in order to help, you know, um, his friends. And he was always willing to do that. And, um, some people took him up on it and some people didn't, but Mm -hmm. you know, he always offered, always offers, um, and I love that about him, you yeah. know, that because it's hard to yeah. share a story. I mean, I'm sitting here telling you my story. Yes. And, you know, with a box of Kleenex. And um, it's funny how grief works. I mean, I've said that several times. But um, you can be going along on your merry way just fine. And then it just hits you. And it's weird how it manifests itself physically. Like, 
I sometimes get so busy that I'm not really paying attention to what time of year it is or um, what day is approaching, but my body remembers. My body feels the grief sometimes before I do. Like it just starts to ache and I feel awful and I don't know why. And then it will dawn on me or somebody will say something, you know? Oh my gosh. And, um, and you know, this month being um, pregnancy and infant loss awareness month, fall is my favorite time of year. I love fall. My birthday is in October. Like October is the best month. What's, what birthday is your birthday? October 4th. Oh, wait, that's like, <laughs> it's coming up next. It's next Thursday. Next Thursday. Okay. Friday, next Friday. Okay. Mine's October 9th. So we're, oh, we're, nice. we're October babies. October babies. Um, but so now use that word again, bittersweet. October yeah. is bittersweet for sure. me. Yeah. Um, and in a way I anticipate and look forward to being able to, without as much stigma, be able to talk about my babies. You yeah. know, because it's socially acceptable to talk about them in this allotted time, you know, of October. Right. Um, and so I look forward to that. Um, but I also feel it in my body. And sometimes it'll just hit me like for no reason at all. And I will just miss them. Uh, you know, I will just miss them. It'll be something um, uh, like after Thayer was born and we were I was holding him asleep on the couch and he. I have this picture of him holding my thumb. And I think I saw that picture. Yeah. Did you post that? I did post that. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I just... Um, lost it. Lost it. Like, this is a precious picture that I didn't get with four other babies. You know, it just it'll just be something like that. Or I'll think about, oh, the, you know, they would have been this old today. Oh. Um, or, um, and it's weird how many anniversaries there are. Like, there's, so there's the... The day that they that you found out that there was no baby anymore. There's the day that they would have been due. There's, you know, I mean. The day you got pregnant. The day, day you got pregnant. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, sure, it's, yeah. It just goes on and on and on and on. Um, and you can get caught up in that. Um, and you do. But then, you know, and that's why, you know, people. I love that you just said that. <laughs> you can get caught up in that and you do. You do. And, and that's such a, that's a great statement. It just, um, you have to not okay. let it. I mean, it's okay. It is okay. It's okay until you're done, until you're tired of it. Right. And you're the one to decide have, that. Exactly. You, exactly. Grief is so personal. Everybody does it different and that's okay. And so, you know, my being done or my having an okay day or whatever is, you know, different than even my husband, you know, like he would, um, he grieved completely different than I did and was much more quiet about it, which didn't mean that he wasn't feeling it. It just meant that he was dealing with it his way. I mean, he's a very quiet person. He's an introvert. So it's not like he, I'm an extrovert. So, yeah. I mean, I'm all, I'm all out. Like yeah. I will just spill out on you. And it's, I like that. I like to not you, everybody. Does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm aware. I have, um, I have, yeah. Yeah. I, but, I know that feeling. And I have some introverted friends and mm-hmm. my husband that, you know, also love that. Oh, yes. And oh, accept yes. that from me. Sure. Um, but I had to learn how to be not only married to an introvert, but my son is an introvert as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to learn how to navigate that, mm-hmm. you know, and that meant learning how they both grieved and learning how they, um, 
how they deal with things and process things and needing alone time and you know how they recharge and and all that kind of stuff and um and that all plays into how they grieve and how it looks different from mine or my daughter's or did you feel like it their way of grieving kind of helped you in your grief like in a way like did it open your eyes to like oh yes. wow that that actually kind of helps for me too like you kind of work to like did yes. it kind of ever go together at it some did points? it did and we had a or lot of points. um we've had some really cool conversations. I mean, even still, because grief doesn't go away. Sure. Um, you just, and it, it, you know, there's that phrase time heals all wounds. It doesn't necessarily heal them. You just learn how to live with them and, um, you learn how to absorb them into how you live now and who you are now. And it's just, um, you know, they're always there. Um, and you, um, you know, you don't, um, you don't always acknowledge them, but you know, like I said, sometimes it just hits you. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, we still have conversations about, um, you know, how we're doing and, yeah. you know, when we miss them. Well, and, and, they, and they're coming in contact with people who, who knows maybe they're right. You know, there's, well, and there will come a time when, um, like, so we used to call Reagan our or Rowan. See, so Rowan, Right. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, so, Rowan, um, we call her R2, which is kind of a Star Wars reference because we're big Star Wars nerds. But okay. also, she's the second R name because there was Reagan. Okay. And then there was Rowan. Oh, and, R2. Um, so, someday, we have to explain to her and her younger brother, Thayer, that they have siblings that they don't know. And... Um, explain all of that to them and that will be a whole other process you know that we have to go through and there will be some grieving for them too because they'll be grieving you know the what if yeah and that is a big part of you know my sister-in-law and I um we say that a lot you know we the the what if you know I will always wonder who you would have been right and um and there's milestones you know like um when um you know, your kids start going to school. Oh, you know, Reagan would have been going to school for the first time this year. She would be um, a third grader this year. Um, but, you know, you think about those things. Yeah. And, um, and so um, we will have to have those conversations at some point. And trying to decide when the right time to have those conversations is and how to have those conversations is something that I haven't even... <laughs> Right. We'll cross that bridge when he comes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just... Oh. Well, okay, so then Rowan, magical Rowan, yes, comes so in the picture. We we went through some really hard stuff, um, and uh, my husband lost his job at the um, paper mill. Um, they wound up firing him because of his PTSD, which... Mm. Paper mill's closed now, so I think it's okay to say that. Um, yeah. But, uh, so he wound up being able to go into this program through the VA because of the complications he had with his PTSD. And he started nursing school, which was, um, totally where he felt he was being called. So it was totally a God thing that he got out of one one thing and into this other thing. And it probably wouldn't have happened otherwise, which is, you know, that's how God works. So, um, so he's in nursing school and, um, we were, um, you know, doing life, and then um, Connor got sick, and we spent a whole year trying to figure out what was 
going on with him and had a really hard time getting a diagnosis. We finally got a diagnosis. He was out of school for half a year while we worked on um, getting him better. Uh-huh. And when we tried to put him back in school after Christmas, um, it, he just had a um, massive panic attack and scared me to death. Um, and um, we were like, okay, we're not, we can't um, push this. Um, it was just the whole time that he was sick, you know, we had just been through so much. So much. Yeah. And, um, all the prayers had just kind of boiled down to God, we just need something good. Mm-hmm. We we're so tired. We're so done. Please. Can we just have something good in our life? Which isn't to say that there wasn't good in our life, but we were weary and, um, just downtrodden for lack of a yeah. better term. Right. I mean, we were just tired mm-hmm. and to have, you know, now we're in this like literally, um, hell as a parent, you know, your child is sick. They aren't able to attend school. You, um, I mean, we were attending support groups. Dan and I both had to take leave of absences from work. Um, I mean, it, our whole life was turned upside down. Um, and, um, we just, that was, you know, every day, please just something good. And, um, I found out, uh, two months into this program that Connor was, um, in that we were pregnant. Wow. And I remember thinking, okay, well, uh, if this is your perfect timing, then I would like to disagree with that because this timing sucks. Yeah. Well, and if <laughs> like, things, history repeats itself in some way, that's just probably brought up some... It was exciting and terrifying all at the yeah. same time. Um, yeah. Totally. Because uh, we decided not to tell the kids right away. But Connor overheard me making doctor appointments and admitted, he's like, Mom, I'm so sorry. I know you didn't want me to know, but I heard you making doctor appointments. And I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. I said, are, and so I had a conversation with him. You know, I'm like, are you, he's like, I'm excited. And I was like, okay, great. Um, and inside I am like screaming um, because I'm so terrified. What, you know, I'm thinking all the things. What if yeah. this doesn't work out? What if yes. something happens? If we lose this baby, you know, is that going to make him worse? You know, just everything and um i lived literally in fear of you know my son being sick of losing this baby of just oh my gosh it was exhausting being that afraid all the time when you were already weary right on top of that right it was probably the worst season of life um worse even than when dane was in iraq um And, um, I was really thankful that I had him to go through it with. And we really found some amazing friends to walk through Connor's illness with. Um, and so thankful, um, for that. Um, but it really was perfect timing, um, because, you know, we needed something good. Here was something good. Um, and so I just, um... I did, um, you know, like I said, all the things that you're mm-hmm. supposed to do. Uh, to the to the letter, 
was like the perfect pregnant person. And I told you, I hate being pregnant. Yeah. Like super hate it. Um, but I felt like God's answering this prayer. So, you know, I don't really, I shouldn't, I can't complain about this. Like I wanted this. I asked for this. This is a gift. And I'm always telling my kids not to complain, you know, when they get a gift. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I need to listen to my parental advice. And, um, and I really just chose joy. Like I chose to be excited. I chose to be, um, happy about, um, about this pregnancy. I just chose to dive in and, um, and just experience all of it and really, um, absorb it. Like, because, um, we were pretty sure that this was going to be our last pregnancy because of everything that we had been through. I was on, um, I was seeing a perinatologist, which is like a high risk. Um, I had gestational diabetes. I was 35. I, um, was, um, or over 35. And I was, um, you know, I had multiple miscarriages prior to this pregnancy. So I was very high risk and, um, I had constant doctor appointments and I started bleeding, um, not too long into the pregnancy, which oh, just gosh, that... added to the terror. Jeez. Um, and so I was going in weekly for ultrasounds and heartbeat checks. Um, just because I needed that reassurance that um, everything was okay because Absolutely. I could not lose this baby. I could not. And I was, um, even though I was choosing joy, was like, you know, white knuckling this pregnancy, like holding on to it so tight. Um, and just praying all the time. Like, okay, thank you. You know, thankful that God had answered my prayer. And then just, and I called my sister-in-law a lot, like a lot. Um, because she too, at, by this time had experienced her own loss and, um, just, you know, I needed to talk to somebody that, um, knew what I was going through, knew that fear, knew that, um, and she had had since then, um, had my niece. So, um, she had had a loss and then had experienced a healthy pregnancy. And I, um, it's a whole different ball game when you've had a loss and then you get pregnant. Like we kind of talked yeah, about. Yeah. It's just, like you, when eggshells constant. and I talked about the milestones. So, you know, I would tick those off. Um, you know, okay. I lost my first baby at five weeks. So if we can make it through five weeks, that's a milestone we can cross off. I lost babies at eight weeks. I made it through eight weeks. I can cross that off. 20 weeks was the big one. That was big. And um, once we made it past that, like, I mean, I was so paranoid and so um, just um, not rigid, but just holding my breath. Yeah. Um, and so I could let it out a little bit every time. Um, but it was weird um, the minute I hit my second trimester, the bleeding stopped, um, and I had been fine up, you know, the baby was healthy and fine up to that point. And, um, I was doing what's called a blood thinner called Lovenox, which is like shooting fire ants into your body. I mean, it burns. Oh my. It was awful. And, um, <laughs> what? I mean, 
mean, the things Jeez. I subjected my body to uh, <laughs> just to have this baby. I had to do insulin this time with Ailey when I had gestational diabetes. I was able to control it all with diet, but because I was older and yeah, you know all the things, um, I had to. I had a hard time controlling it at night, so I had to do insulin um, before I went to bed. And um, my sister-in-law introduced me to this Facebook page um, with other. So um, there is a term for babies that come after loss and they're called rainbow babies. Yes. And some people love that term. Other people don't, don't. like that oh, term. Okay. I love it. Um, but it's okay to not like that term. I mean, like I said, it's different for everybody, but I really did feel like this was a rainbow after the storm. And again, this baby did not make the losses that I had all better or replace them in any way. It just was a blessing to be able to have this baby. And it was a rainbow after a horrible storm, you know, that we had been going through for years. Right. And um, so she introduced me to this um, group um, that was all rainbow moms. Um, and we were, it was a support group, you know, they were all, you know, in various stages of pregnancy, um, had had, you know, various kinds of losses different numbers of losses and it was just um such a it was a safe place you know mm -hmm. to say this is what I'm going through today or you know this is what happened to me today or to celebrate you know like we we would post updates you know on um how far along we were in our pregnancy or how old our rainbow baby you know was and all, um, of, it. all of it and it was just it was so cool to be able to um go through this pregnancy with those ladies I mean they were from all over the place um and I really appreciated um having them you know walk through it with me um especially in the midst of everything else that we were that we were going through um with Connor with Connor and um and Ailey too you know because she was there and was trying to juggle you know all of this yeah and she's <laughs> for schools and right all that too, right yeah. and um so we did not tell um we told our parents and I told um, a girlfriend that we were pregnant, and that was it. And um, I had gotten in the habit of not, um, I wasn't really on social media a whole lot. It had just gotten too hard um, yeah. to see all the other pregnancy announcements and births. And while I was I, so happy um, for all of them, I j it was just hard. Yeah. And um, I needed to um, not... Um, see them so um which is a whole other podcast in and of itself because right. when you say you know in the process of your grief and going through what you're going through these some relationships stayed and some of them went and right. unfortunately based around your expressing yourself of I just can't handle talking about this right now I mean being yeah. honest with how you felt and someone right. receiving it completely differently and right. relationship broken and so that's a whole other thing, but it, that does exist, obviously, and um, that's a whole other thing. But right. that does happen in it this does. process. It does. And so. I was um, incredibly aware of um, how hard that was for me um, when I got pregnant with Rowan. So I just chose to not post anything about it on yeah on Facebook or Instagram or anything. Like, we just really – and it was kind of – I really enjoyed it, actually. Mm -hmm. 
just having it be our, you know, our little family celebrating yeah. this miracle, um, it was really precious. And then um, my brother and sister-in-law um, came up um, uh, that summer that Rowan was due. And um, so we did family pictures like we always do when, when we're together with them. And um, it was also kind of my um, pregnancy photos yeah and I was um just at the beginning of nine months um pregnant and Ron was due at the end of July and my son's birthday was the beginning of July so we were celebrating his birthday and we did family pictures and um we did like some fun um some fun photos we had a Star Wars theme and yeah uh everybody wore Star Wars Star Wars clothes and it was fun um but, and my girlfriend, um, who was Connor's preschool teacher, who also knew, um, loss, um, she was the one that, um, she's the one that takes our pictures okay. all the time. And, um, she's an amazing photographer. And so it was really special to have her be a part, part of that. Of, yeah. And, um, so she always posts, a. um, picture you know like a preview picture on Facebook and she'd asked me if she could do that and I was like absolutely so that was our announcement oh, like one yeah. month to go I'm yeah. pretty sure it's safe you yeah. know to, and everybody was just like oh my gosh yeah like you're probably like okay <laughs> they're really good at keeping secrets yeah yeah <laughs> um and but it was kind of fun to do that and so yeah. then everybody kind of got to be in on the secret and we you know we all celebrated together and everybody was just so happy because you know most of these people knew you know, what we had been what through and stuff. Right. And, um, so, um, yeah, that was, that was just fun. That was special. And special. And, um, to have my brother and my sister-in-law up, you know, she got, she, I asked my sister-in-law to do my baby shower with my mom. So they did my baby shower together, which was really cool. Cause my sister-in-law had never gotten to plan a baby shower for anybody before. And so, um, and I really wanted her to be, cause she had been such a big part of helping me get through, everything even from way down in Arizona um and we just um kind of I don't know hobbled through it together yeah <laughs> um that I really wanted her to have um you know yeah that um I really wanted her to be the one to do my shower with my mom mm -hmm. and um so it was really fun it was just a big a big time of celebration for our whole family Connor was doing better and um, feeling better. And my mom wound up homeschooling him for the second half of the school year that year. Um, and so we just celebrated him getting through this, this horrible, oh. hard thing. And, um, and then this baby, I mean, there was just a lot to celebrate, um, that summer. And we were so happy, um, to be able to celebrate those things. And, um, and then, <laughs> We, um, we wound up, um, moving, um, well, um, so Rowan's, Rowan was born and everything was fine and she's hilarious and spunky and just a delight and yeah. we're, I mean, she's, she is magical, um, just, or it's just her personality. Like she's yeah. just so, um, I mean, all my kids have amazing personalities and they're all, they all see the world in such a unique and amazing way. Um, and it's just been so fun to be 
and I'm a different mom now yeah. than I was when when Connor and Ailey were little. And I remember telling a girlfriend, you know, I wish that I was this mom to wow. Connor and Ailey. My goodness. <laughs> Don't we all? And, uh, I right? mean, and, my gosh. And I remember her saying, well, <laughs> you can be this mom to them now. Yeah. And yeah. Um, just, I, it just felt like a weight had been lifted. You know, mm-hmm. it allowed me to enjoy all of my kids mm-hmm. in a way that I realized I hadn't been. Not that I didn't enjoy being with them and doing things with them and I didn't love them. But um, I had just been carrying a lot of weight, mm-hmm. which made it hard. I, I was seeing through a different kind of lens and um, one that was... Um, yeah, I mean, with the grief-stricken part component, with just being a parent in itself. Right. Like, I only understand that uh, part of the parenting part of it, of just like... I didn't have that grief carrying into that. So I could see how that would feel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I understand half of that. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, um, we were, you know, we're like, okay. Life is settled. and settled and we're on an even keel and things are good. And, um, we, um, we moved a couple times in All all of that. And Stan and I had decided, okay. We're done. We're we're done. We like where we're at. This this feels good. Yeah. And then I found out I was pregnant. And I was And this is what this is what another part about being pregnant that people don't talk about is that you experience all this loss. You experience all this loss and then you you were not expect you you want this and then all of a sudden you're like, "But wait a second. I'm getting pregnant again and maybe I don't, you know, like the, right. that's a whole nother. It is. It is. And, um, you know, like I said, with Rowan, I chose to, you know, be all in and really experience everything. And I really enjoyed it. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to be 40. <laughs> I'm going to be 40. Yeah. And we had decided we were good. And, um, I just, uh, ugh, to start this process again was, um, it was hard. Um, I was just really working at trying to get to that point where I could be excited about this pregnancy. Yeah. And I felt terrible that I wasn't wasn't excited about it. You know, like it's a baby. You're supposed to be. And Dean of course was so happy. Like he was over the moon happy about it. And, um, and you had mentioned, you're like, oh, I'm almost 40. Right, and... right. And he was just finishing up nursing school and this big, you know, like achieving this really hard thing and this dream that he had had and um, was so happy and so proud of him. But at the same time, just like, I feel stuck, you know, I'm, I don't want to be an older mom. I, I didn't ever want that. I remember, you know, my grandma, um was an older mom and um like both my grandparents passed away before I was married Mm. and I think that was kind of the decision that I had made like I want to be around you know I want to see my grandkids get married and um and like I was like I'm gonna be 80 when this kid turns 40 and just yuck (laughs) yeah those are the kind of things you just don't want to think about you don't but you do think about them and it just kind of had me you know, I just, um, 
bummed out. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I was just working every day at, you know, like I went You're and a bought a few things. And, oh, no, were you, oh, working every day on okay. being, um, like, Trying invested to in this pregnancy. Yes. Right. And, um, but also, you know, at, by this time I had had so many friends that had had miscarriages and that were having a hard time getting pregnant and were just, you know, and I've been there. I know how that feels. I have been on the receiving end of somebody telling me that they were pregnant after I had had a loss. And I had now found myself not once, but twice in the position of having to tell a friend that I was pregnant after they had had a loss. And it is hard. It is so hard. It doesn't matter that you've experienced it yourself. I think that almost makes it harder um, to tell somebody, like, I know that you just had a loss and I, I'm so sorry and I love you and I'm here for you, but <laughs> I'm pregnant. Yeah. I mean, that's... And behind closed doors, you're not super stoked about it. Right. Which is okay, you know, like accepting yourself wherever stage... Yes. You know, I think that's yes. hard as a woman. You it know? is hard. It's like, this is what's happening to you. You're tied to this baby. You want this baby. Then you lose a baby. Then you are get a baby. Then you're, like, raising kids. It's like this whirlwind of emotion. Right. Right. I mean, my God. I mean, how much can a woman take? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Uh, so. So, we were, you know, um well into this pregnancy and I was showing and um I was I ran into a friend at church she's an amazing godly woman and I adore her um and she was like oh Heather you're pregnant you know and I was like yeah <laughs> I am and she's like what's the matter and so I just kind of just dumped on her like all the things that I was feeling and um, I remember when we were getting ready to have Rowan, a girlfriend sent me a card, um, or a thing on Pinterest and it was a birth announcement and it had how long the couple had been praying to have that baby. And, um, she's like, I think this would be perfect for, you know, I just saw this and thought of you and Rowan and I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I totally want to do that. So my girlfriend who took our pictures, um, before Rowan was born came to the hospital and took pictures of Rowan at the hospital and they were beautiful and so I used one of those and Dan and I calculated how many days from when we lost Reagan to when Rowan was born, born how many days that was and it was 1,646 days Wow! and it just what that said to me was that um, you know we he was faithful because we were faithful and not everybody's story is going to look like that. You know, I, our pastor always says here, there in the air, God is going to answer, you know, those prayers. But, um, for us, it was here and, um, 1,646 days we prayed for something good to happen. And then there she was. Really? And, um, so my friend at church, she goes, she was telling me the story about how she and her husband, um, didn't think that they could have kids and that he didn't really want them. But, she did, and so she prayed that God would bless them with a baby. And she wound up having four kids. And she said all four of those kids were a product of this, were an answer to that one prayer that I prayed. And she said, I remember you being, you standing in the hallway crying because you didn't think you were ever going to get pregnant again. And I remember praying with you that God would answer that prayer. And she said, this baby 
is part of that same prayer. He is still answering that prayer that you prayed for Rowan. And it just blew my mind. That is incredible. Totally changed my perspective because I had not been thinking about it that way at all. And, um, and I just, she was right. I mean, he was still answering that prayer. I mean, I didn't specify how many, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you know, (laughs) how many babies we wanted. Um, we were happy with just one, but that's not how God works. He, you know, is always, um, trying to bless us and always wanting the best for us. And, um, no matter what, you know, like I said, God, even if, you know, and that if is a big if, even if God is still good, you know, even if he hadn't answered the prayer, our prayer, the way that he did, yeah, he's still good. And, um, even if, you know, we had wound up losing Rowan or, you know, Thayer, um, he's still good. And it's a hard thing to, um, to recognize and accept. And like I said, it took me a really long time to get there. Um, and it's, um, it's something that I'm always, you know, I'm right now I'm in a season of just, um, of always being really intentional about, um, acknowledging that, you know, like, I don't feel like I should have bad days because I'm so blessed, you know, I'm so, um, I'm so thankful for all that he's done. And I feel like, um, I should just be that. Um, but we're allowed to have bad days. We're allowed to, um, to express that grief, you know, when it comes Mm -hmm. and we're allowed to, um, to just, you know, be present in whatever that looks like for each of us. And, um, and so just kind of wrestling both of those and, um, Uh, being thankful, but also being, you know, looking forward to what's to be also living in what is, and then also struggling with what is, and it's just like a mixed bag. It is, it is. And, and it's okay. And it's all okay. It is. It's all okay. And, um, and we don't need to, you know, there's, you don't, there's no pretenses here. You know, you don't need to be anything except, and you don't need to be anywhere except who you are and where you're at. And, you know, like I've said, it looks different for everybody. And there's no wrong way to grieve. And there's no wrong way to celebrate. And there's no, um, you know, um, it just, um, like I said, it's messy. And, um and you know, this is what our story looks like and everybody's story is different and everybody's story is hard and beautiful. And, um, it is a story. It's a story. It's a story. And it's not ended. It's not ended. No. And in honor of you had mentioned before we wrap up the October 15th. Yes. So like we said, this is pregnancy infant loss awareness month, but what I thought was so cool that you mentioned was on October 15th. Yeah. What happens October 15th? So there's an event called the wave of light. And, um, this is, I love this event because it's a, um, it's a soft kind of quiet recognition. So what it is, it's international. And, um, at seven o'clock in the evening on October 15th, 
you light a candle for an hour. And because it's international, what happens is a wave of light spreads around the globe because, you know, seven different o'clock times. is different time zones. Um, and it sort of overlaps. And um, it's just a way to um, acknowledge uh, loss. Um, and like I said, my sister-in-law and I, um, we, you know, light candles for our own babies, um, for each other's babies, for, um, you know, I, I have friends that light candles for me and she has friends and family light candles for her. And, um, we know other people, like, it's really cool on Facebook. You'll see, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be a part of that. People, you know, like they'll post a picture of the candle that they lit and who they lit it for and, um, and it's just, it's really cool and it's really beautiful and it's not a, um, like I said, it's, it's just, it's a soft and quiet way to, um, acknowledge that these babies existed, um, that they matter and, um, and that we're all together in this, you know, to support each other because that's what we need to be doing. However, we do that. Um, and, um, and this is a really great way to just let somebody know, Hey, I was thinking about your baby today. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great, it's something that already exists. It's nothing that you have to like, right. It's just is there. Yeah. And it's amazing. And people, and then then the people that don't want to acknowledge it or that are just like, it's too much. Like there are people that don't want to talk about their loss or their, you know, that's why it's, it's, it is what you want it to be. You know, I love that. And, um, yeah. So Geez, Heather, I just, I, you know, I'm going to do something different with closing out, um, our conversation. I just felt like, um, instead of saying goodbye, um, I just wanted to like acknowledge all of your kids at once. And just, I want you to say in order their names. Okay. And we're going to just end on that. So just one through eight, say their names, like all of their names, like beginning, middle, you know, just all of them. I just want to hear it. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Connor Robert and, um, Gabriel doesn't have a middle name and, uh, Ailey May and Reagan Grace and, um, Henley and Jamie and Rowan Emery Winifred, and Thayer Allen. You've been listening to This Topical Life with Tiffany Murphy. Available through Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook. Donations to help support This Topical Life can be made through Patreon at patreon.com front slash thistopicallife. Likes and comments are always appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time for more real conversation, real exploration, real life stories on this topical life. Because life ain't a vacation.